Good morning. Okay. Um, so, so far in this uh, series of Shiurim covered, starting from Eirein Sof, which of course is the first, uh, so to speak, the first level outside of Atmus, which is the source of everything. We talked about that. Then uh, went to the subject of Tzimtzum. I mean, Nadine Sof, of course, the levels of Nadine Sof, Lifniat Tzimtzum, but then Tzimtzum. And uh, from Tzimtzum to differences of the opinion, Tzimtzum Kipshute, Nat Kipshute, the four different uh, opinions, whether the Tzimtzum is only in Eir, also in the Moir. And then the last uh, so-called subject we covered was the Rishimu, which remains after the Tzimtzum and pretty much in extensive detail. So if we go in the orderly progression, you can guess what's next would be the Kav. What's called the Kav, which literally means a line. And a more detailed the description is called Kav Achut, a line and a thread. This is Arizal's words, as documented by the Rabchav, Rabchaim Vital. And... Um, that's the mocker of this concept. Again, like m- many ideas in Kisver Rizal, they don't originate from that Rizal always. They're mostly in Zehar, but sometimes it's completely cryptic. And uh, you can't figure it out. And the Rizal was Megalit, so to speak. Or it's there, but it's not understood well, including many of these ideas and concepts that we're discussing. This year is focusing on Chassidus Chabad, I'm not going to go into the whole uh, shtausos, how that Rizal interprets Zayar and explains it. That's a sugi of its own, deserves its own discussion. Here we're working really more at Rizal and later. That Rizal into Chassidus Chabad. So, to put it in a very balabatish atheist, as I've said many times, and it's always important to note, the Ebishter does not need any of this to create. The Kol Yochel, to do whatever he wants. He doesn't need any rules. He doesn't go by rules. If you want to build a house, there are rules. You can't just build a house. You have to have materials, and you have to have an architect, and you have builders, and you need all the, the components, both the human resources and physical resources, to build a house. By the Abishad, that doesn't exist. So why then does he build it in an organized way? Because part of that nesava is that it should be the way they are right now, which means they're a logical structure. Abishta did create logic. He didn't have to create logic. Two plus two did not have to be four, and a koel did not have to be greater than a chelik, which is a klal in existence, that the whole is always greater than the part. All these clones did not necessarily exist in the famous expression from the Rajbo. Which means everything in existence has a, a limit, has a rule. You know, there's, there's rules to everything. You can only jump that high up. Red is not blue. I mean, all the boundaries of existence. Doesn't have anything that's magbilhim. And yet, because Nesava, which we'll never know why, because Nesava is higher than why, Taivin stuck in Kasha, as Alter Rebbe said. The Taiva was that there should be a why, a Seichel. So Seichel can't dictate 
the Nesavim. The Nesavim, there should be Elam as we know it. As the Alter Rebbe puts it, that the Seichel as it is now, that's what the Ebrister wanted. And I'll be that Seichel, it makes total sense that things should have a structure. At first there's a Klal, then there's a Prat. First Moshe Rabbeinu gets instructions how to build a, a Mishkan. Kassar is over Necheshes. He instructs Betzalel. Everything is Besedir Mesudar. Everything is Besedir Vahadraga. All of existence start from Chumash Bereshis right away. Vahimer Elikim, Yehir, Yehir, Yerekiah. Tetzer's Desha. Every day has Kol Yem V'Yema over the Vidata. Six days. Structure. Everything is structure. Bechav Beis, Eisis, Nivra Elam, Asarim, Amores, Nivra Elam. Everything has its mimer. Everything is distinct. So the Abish himself created that structure. So it's a divine structure. It's not a man-made structure. And as such, the reason for it, that he also, you could say, okay, fine, we need a structure. But the Abish doesn't. But he wants us to have a relationship with him. And there's no way to have a relationship with something that's completely different than you. So even though the Beira and the Nivra are completely Shleibera, but the Beira has the power to his Eiragvul and Keichagvul and all the Keichas the Abish has, is to create a structure also in the Shtalshals. So and also the divine structure, which is called Seder Hishtalshals. That's what it means, Seder. He created a Seder. He created an order. And he himself, the Abish himself, binds himself to this order. That's why in Shem Chanalanes, and that's why everything is Melubish B'derech HaTeva. A mitzvah has to be done B'derech HaTeva. The Alter Rebbe did not want to be Mekadosh Levona B'derech Nisi. He wanted it to be Dafka B'teva. You say, Koshik Kriyas Yamsuf. Labish is kosher. Why is it difficult? He created water and land. What's the big thing that he he eliminates the boundary because the Abish to bound himself. In Pashaneyach, we learn Loyush Besu, Yem After the Mabal, the Abish committed Loyush Besu. He will never suspend the laws of nature. And even when there's a miracle, even Kriyas Yamsuf, it's not like the Abish to. The Abish could have simply made that they walk through water and nothing happens to them. No, he took a wind. The wind made the water go like walls. What did he need all that? He's making a miracle already. Just suspend the whole thing for the hour that they need to walk through, or whatever the amount of time, and that's that. No, even the Ness was not Malubas B'derechateva, but he didn't completely defy the laws of nature. He made the water stand so they could walk through land, etc., etc. I'm being mighted because this is a point that often is uh, overlooked when you learn Chassidus, and it's critical to establish all that. So B'mele, like just like you find in Medrashim, hundreds of times it says, Malchusa da'areke in Malchusa da'rekiya. So the Rebbe asked the question, what does that mean? I mean, the Ebesh doesn't need a Malchus HaDerekiah, but he wanted to create an Elam Hazard that will have a Moshel Gashmi, a Melech on earth, to give us a sense of what a Melech is Lamaila. So like the Alter Rebbe says in Tanya, he says, They evolved the ten faculties from the ten divine attributes. And this is everywhere you're going to find this. Everything you say, Kagavna Friday night, Kagavna Lutata, Laela, the Adama Laelian, Salmenu Kid Musenu. I mean, there's no area in Taylor Mitzvahs you're not going to find this concept where the Abish created what we'll call the interface, where the Elokus was mislabish in structure. So we should, in the world of structure, be able to connect with him. So there's a meeting place, a yud. Even the Mishkan itself is an interface, a Mamutza. The Abish needed a physical Mishkan. In your heart, in your soul. But he wanted a dugma, a gashmiz de kedugma, which is a microcosm, like it says in Svarim, and the Vachai, and the Shaloh, and a different Svarim, that the Mishkan is structured like similar, a mirror image 
to Lamaila, and also our human body is similar to the Mishkan. And whatever you can find, this the Teda is always emphasizing this because it's all about a relationship. The Abishad didn't want just to have a connection with us like an Odin and an Evid, but he wanted a connection also like a Chosen and Kala, Avin Ben, even we say Biti, Achesi, Ayosi, Imi. So you see these relationships, all Kavyochel, mean that there's a connection. So therefore, we, the structures of our lives are mirror and reflect the structures of the Maila. So that's a little short hagdome to the whole discussion why we're even talking about Lifnat Simsum and Eir and Shimu. Now we're going to go to Kav. Now, so if you put it in Balbatisha Aces, you could say like this that whenever you build anything, there's a few stages before you start building, right? First, you have to determine, have a vision what you want. Let's say it's a house you want to build. Or let's say you want to draw a painting or create music, whatever it is, whatever you want to build a business. You don't just start building. First, you create a, you come up with a vision. What's your goal? What's your matora? What's your mission, so to speak, your vision? Then, once you define the vision, the vision then will dictate what you need next. If you need a certain particular type of house, so now you have to find the experts that know how to build such a house. And then you'll need the resources. You know, how many, uh, how many tons of, of, of uh, concrete? How many electricians? How many plumbers? I mean, just to give small examples, carpenters. This is called gathering your resources. And you have to then start, start building. Then someone makes a whole plan, a plan of like a blueprint. And based on that blueprint becomes the day of building. And that also is with a seder. First you build a foundation, then you build a skeleton, an uh, external structure, and then you flesh it out. And the whole process until... You have at the end what you wanted in the beginning. So that if you look at say the Shtashlis exactly like that, and Adrab is the market of all structure, because like I said, we didn't start structures on earth. There, were no, there was no earth. Everything started with the Ebushta envisioning a structure. Well, first of all, envisioning existence and then a structure. And the rest is we are copying what the Ebushta did. Like basically every technology is copying a, a nivra of the Ebushta. An airplane is like a bird. A camera is like a human eye. There's no technology on earth is not somewhere copying the Teva Habriya because that's how we uh, build things. So to go with that approach, then I'll just use now the language of Kabbalah and Chassidus. So Eden Soflifnet Simpsum is where the vision develops. The vision, even because Atzimus obviously is higher than any vision and higher than any Tzir. But at some point, again, in, not in time, but conceptually, in some Adrega, the Ebrishta has a vision, what we call Allah Beritzene. What does Allah mean? Beritzene, what was before Allah? So we're not talking in Zman, we're talking in Inyan. So Allah Beritzene, to have what? Nesavakar's Baruch Elias, they did his Baruch Dira Betachtenim. What that Tachtenim will look like at that stage is not defined yet. And that's why you learn about all the Madregas Lifnei at Simpson, that first everything is Lifnei Eilis Harotzen, then comes Harotzen, and Sarotzen Kloli, then Harotzen Prati. And then finally, you hear the expression "shir atzme bekeach." What does that simply mean? Allocating resources. The Abishta wanted to do it in a masudic way that we could understand. So he allocates resources in the language of Chassidus and Kabbalah. It's the esospheres hagnuzis. They're not real spheres yet, but the Abishta, in his so-called, in his mind, if you can even say a mind, at least in his vision, there is the concept of the esospheres. Instead of spheres saying ketz which would mean unlimited. He wants to have a particular type of ishtalshus. He wants to have a particular type of existence. And that existence is defined by the 10 spheres. 
but there's called Sphiris Agnusis, which again is another topic right now. Now we're going to talk, I'm talking, leading to the Kav, but I need these introductions. So, so the Mikdash Melech on the Zayar, in the famous Zayar, Beresh from Minusa de Malka, Golov Galifa Betihiri Allah, right in the beginning of Zayar, Daf Tezvov Amnalov. Famous Zayar brought many times in Chsidis, that Beresh from Minusa de Malka, which means either in the beginning of the Rishus of the Ebishter of the Melech, or the Ratzon of the Melech, or Minus has two interpretations. The Golov Galifa Betihiri Allah literally means that it was engraved. In this level called Tahiri Law, what was engraved? The vision, the image of the ten hidden spheres. I mean, there are different explanations exactly what the expression means, but that's the general taken. In the language that uh, the Migdash Melech teaches, Shir Atzmei Bekeach. It's like a, an artist that can create infinite amounts of art, or an architect that can create infinite amount of buildings, and he's chosen now a certain type of building that's going to consist of Chachmeth through Malchus. That will be its building blocks. If you want to use the example of a building, but it's all you don't have existence yet. It's all allocating in the called the architect's mind. In this case, the divine architect, he's envisioning what he's going to need. Now starts the process. Simpsum is the first step where you really can talk about something happens. What do you mean something happens? Because as long as the alien self is completely dominant, Meaning it's all about the Abishta. Even his envisioning of the structures, all the bleak of the Abishta. He just happens to be envisioning it. So it does not make sense. How can existence as an independent entity and identity emerge? So the Tsimsum, as we discussed at length, a concealment. Like the, the Rav that's concealing his brilliant infinite Ains of Seichel, so the Talmud could emerge. And that leaves the Chol Pony, which is essentially existential space for something that has its own consciousness and it's not just completely submerged in godliness. And then the Rishimu that we discussed at length, that the whole Lavdafka, it's not absolute airtight. There's something that remains there. And we discussed at length what that is, Sheder Shakelim, Keachagvul, the different ACs that we used for it, the Oseus, but they're all a Behelem. And now comes the most active part that's without this, you don't have creation. Because all this is resources. Like, you know, this would be like an artist or a builder has all his resources. He has his tool chest, but he has not built. There's no building yet. Because without the kav, nothing is created. What you have is all this. The stage has been set, if you wish. The allocated resources. Lifnat Simpson, The Simpson, which, of course, conceals. The Rishima, which is a hidden force within the Simpson that's waiting. But now you need the teacher to start speaking. Or you need the builder to start building. So what does he build with? If you look at any artist, they use a paintbrush. Or if it's a builder, he uses uh, different instruments or different tools. So the kav is essentially the divine instrument, if you wish, of the creator or the artist, the cosmic creator and artist, Eberster, as he now is going to use his keiches to actually build. What means build here? Build doesn't mean, uh, obviously, bricks and mortar. It's not talking about bricks and physical building. It means putting things into place. So the Rizal uses the word kav very intentionally, intentionally, and I'm going to uh, uh, elaborate on that in a moment. But this kav is going to be the first gilui after the tzimtzum. Till now, tzimtzum, reshimu is all concealed. As much as the reshimu is keil hakel, like we discussed in the words of the Alter Rebbe, it's still behel. It's aseus. The aseus were not touched by the tzimtzum, but they're also not alive in a revealed way. It's like it's sitting there. The kav is an actual gilui. It's a kav v'chut, 
a gili that will come from Eden Sof Lifnat Simpson. But now it's no longer everywhere. It's a kavachut, which means it right away has structure. It's like a laser beam, just like a paintbrush. If an artist didn't have a paintbrush, how could he paint a picture on a canvas? What would he do? It would be splattered all over the place. The paintbrush is a regulator. It's a gauge. It's like a faucet. It directs um, and the, the, the paint to go, you know, going to create a person, a body of water, a sky, a bird. So the paintbrush is like, on one hand, it's a gilui because it's definitely revealing, but it's gauged and limited. You know, try to write something without a pencil or a pen, or your pen is broken, or you're just pouring ink. You're not going to have letters. You look at a sefer when he writes a sefer teda, or mezuzah or film. It's very precise. So, it's, so he has the cloth. The cloth is white, plain white. Now he has to begin to perform letters, form letters. And the formation of them, the gilly of them, that's what the kav does. So basically you can say in very simple English, the kav is going to be the source of any gilly that will come now in the whole Seydishtas. Nothing can bypass the kav. Now the kav will have many dimensions to it. Just like when an artist paints, not every part of the picture is the same. Some parts of the picture are very fundamental to the picture. Some are details. But the, nevertheless, everything has to go through the kav. So this kav and gili. If you put it in language of chassidus, is the koyach hagili. You could even call it, I don't want to call it right now, er hagvul or er hablikvul, because that's, there are two opinions on that, which we will discuss. But it definitely is an er that's regulated. That's for sure. Because that's the words of that is al Kav right away cannot mean that it's erech rechev and emek is ein sof. That's not a kav. If it was like as I'm going to read now in a moment from Eitz Chaim, then it's everywhere. There's not even a there's no sides. It's everywhere. The Kav for sure is a line. And a line right away, as we're going to learn and discuss, is, is based on Mailomata. There's no line if there's no Mailomata. If something's going from here to here, like in a Kav, like a Vov, Whatever is higher is going to be, whatever is closer to the top is higher and more energy. Whatever is lower is less energy. That's the rule. That's the rule. So Kav essentially also introduces, as we're going to discuss as well, the very concept of Mata, which is the very essence of what we know as time and space. Without, without a Kav, you can't have time and space because time and space are completely structured. Sunday is not Monday and yesterday is not today. And east is not west, and top is not bottom. If you eliminate that, you eliminate structure. So where does structure come from? So even though we'll talk about the Rishimu, what its role in this is, but the gilia of the structure is for sure the Kav. So that's just a, a, a short uh, overview of the role of the Kav. Now, the Kav is going to have many roles, but I'll just spell out a few main ones, and then I'm going to go more into detail. The first thing that Kav we just described is the function of creation. It's basically the tool the Ebershter uses to create. In other words, when the Ebershter says, then he says, essentially that's, a, that's the Kav at work. Not just the Oyer part. The fact that he's saying and not is the Kav. It's the Ebershter being Megala himself through Oyer. He wants to create Oyer now. If you want the paintbrush, is painting Oyer. And of course, Taylor is like a stock of Baraisa Alma. That's the blueprint. Day, day two, it says, Yihid Akiya. So the Kav now is creating the Kia. And the same thing with all Sheshi Simei Breshis and all the details in each of those days. 
as the Alter Rebbe says at the beginning of Shari Yechid that even though Asarim Amores Yivirelim is 10 general statements, but in that, the Chobbeis Eisis have unlimited Tmuris and Gematrias and Chaluf and so on and so forth, and different Sirufim. Like, for example, the word Evan doesn't say in Asarim Amores, and we know there's a stone. So later in Shari Yechid the Alter Rebbe says, Evan is Aleph Ban, Ban. So everything in existence comes from these 10 statements, which come from the Chobbeis Eisis Hatera, which come from the Esesphiris, which all come from the Kav. That's basically the way it works. So the Kav is the source of everything that will... So that's the first role of the Kav. But there's a second role the Kav has, which is the Kayach Hagili. It's Megal Alakus. It's not just a uh, creator. It's not just like a paintbrush. A paintbrush, you could say the ink just flows through it. The Kav is a Gili, a Gili of Alakus. So when the Kav comes somewhere, it's Megala Alakus in it. And as we'll discuss, the kav as it goes downward gets weaker and weaker, just like sunlight gets weaker as it leaves, as it's distant from the sun. And the kav is not going to go all the way through the whole chol l'mokampane. It's going to stop somewhere, basically near the end of Atsilus. Different opinions on that. And then will only be a ha'ara of the kav, and then a ha'ara of a ha'ara of the kav. Essentially, the kav is not mayor, for example, in Elam Haza directly. It's a reflection of a reflection of a reflection, and even more than that. So the Kav now, the second thing is this power of Gili. The higher on the Kav, the higher on the ladder, so to speak, of the Kav, the closer, more Gili Alakus. Like Atsilus has much more Gili Kav than Bria, for example. And the third role the Kav is going to play is Agdus. It binds everything together because it connects the details. It's not just creating details, it connects them into one picture because at the end of the day, the building you're building or the painting or the book you're writing is one cohesive uh, unit. Like a human body is made up of many parts. That's critical, but also they work together. So essentially the Kav also creates, Agdus, you can say, Hiskalos. That will be a third function that the Kav will play throughout Hishtalshus. So basically the Kav obviously plays a critical role because without it, you don't have actual creation. And you also don't have what we call Gili Elikus, and finally, we don't have that discalculus, which is so vital to anything. Like the mere fact that you talk about, let's say, you have two entities. That's in Psukim, but also with human beings. Two people have Endei Hussein Shavas. How do they make Shalom? The Kav is the key element to that. The Kav, is, as we're going to learn, is connected to Teferis. And Teferis is a unifier. Teferis combines Chesleng Vura, Kav Ayimin, Kav Asmael. And there's the Kav Emtsoi, which is also used with the word Kav on that. So the Kav is also going to be the Skalos, essentially, that is critical in any, uh, what we call Avis song, Agnes song, Sharshe is from the Kav. Now you could say, what about Lifniat Simpson? Lifniat Simpson, everything is one. There, everything is this battle, Lifniat Simpson. The Kav, you want to have Sholem, but not Mavatl the Chilukim. Remember, the Kav creates Agnes and Skalos in the Metsias of Sira Elamis. So you have structure. And yet the structure is unified. So it's, so it's perfect balance, essentially. Okay, now, as we'll discuss, the Kav will travel through all Ishtalshalus, different measures in different ways, and every world that you know of is in some way the Kav creating it. Like if you're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Adam Kadmen, the first uh, structure, the first world, that's the highest gili of the Kav, it's right after the Tzimtzum. You go then after Ak, you go Akudim, Nekudim, Vrudim, or in other ACS, Toyu, Tikkun, and then Briyat Sirasiya, all that is the Kav at work.
and the kav is the kav regulates the gili. It's mamshir gili, but it regulates it. A simple moshel back to the moshel of the rav and the talmud. The rav is now being mamshir ed. It's no longer the tzimtzum alone where he concealed, but it, but he has different talmidim. A talmud gadol, he could be mamshir a lot more ed too. A talmud cotton, a child, only olive base. So the Kav regulates the Gili to each Lefi Kol Keli, or we'll say first Lefi Kol Elom, and then Lefi Kol Keli in each Elom. So again, this is an overview. And now what I wanted to do in a more Masudic way, go back to the actual language. You know, whenever discussing these ideas, even if you explain them well, to any person who can understand it. And what I just did was, I think, something you can... I've you've done this many times. The people who never learned one olive base of, of Chassidus or Kabbalah, or for that matter, Yiddishkeit, they understand all of this because it all makes sense. It's, it's like a beautiful structure of how you build something in a very organized way. Everyone understands how an artist creates art or an author writes a book or an architect builds a building. But to make sure that you're grounded in the market and it's not stam you're going on Misholim, it's critical always to go the other end, is to be grounded in the Mekedis. You know, so I gave the Mekedis on the, on the group, at least the Rashi Prakim of the Kav is discussed in so many places. So I gave the main places. There's obviously much more than that. The Rishima, I wrote more places because the Rishima is a much more lesser-known subject. So I wrote out more Mekedis. But anyway, so I'm going to go through the order of the Kav. And it begins, as you see, in Zayar Chadosh, in Zayr already, there's a, actually a mimer called Maimer Kavamida. Now, of course, it's in Zayr language. It's difficult to understand, but it definitely exists. And we have Biyurim from the Ramak in the Pardis and from the Ramitla Rebbe and the Tzamaq Sadiq in Biyuri HaZayar, where they explain that Zayar. So I'm not going to learn that Zayar right now because it's, a, it's too complicated to, to go through. You can, I wrote the Maimer Kamis for it. You can check it out yourself. But that's, I just wanted to establish that that's the first place the word Kav is used in Kabbalah, all the way in the Zayar. So here you see the Shimu, you're not going to find the Zayar so easily, even though it's hinted to. But uh, the Kav you will find. And, <coughs> excuse me. And, um, but I'm going to jump right to Eitz Chaim, because that's more of a language that we're much more familiar with. And that's the language that we use mostly in the context of this discussion. So I just, uh, let me read, I'm going to bring the whole Eitz Chaim here, but it's a little big by me. You probably don't have one here. Is there Eitz Chaim here downstairs? Doesn't matter. I made a copy. So here, let me let me read just a few key passages. Just good to hear the language exactly. This is the Rab Chaim Betal writing. Exactly as he heard it. He was a maniach and a chazer of the Rizal. So um, he writes the following. This is in... Right at the beginning of Eitz Chaim, after the Shara Klolim, which is an introduction to Eitz Chaim, comes the first Hechel, Hechel Ach, it's called. So he says like that, like this. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna read everything. I'll just read key lines. But he says, "Okay, da, kitarim shenetzulu hanatzolim, v'nivra hanivroim ha'yeir elyon poshet b'malakol hametzis." So basically, before, and here again, it's conceptually before, before the Eibush to emanated emanations. That's Natsalim, and created creations. There was an Eid Elyon Poshet. Basically, the best way to translate it is like a seamless field of energy, of divine energy. It filled all of existence. The Rebbe Namaimim Tov Shalamit Gimel says, Amalakolam Metzius means the Metzius that would be later, because there's no Metzius yet. 
But basically, whatever we would call Mitzias, that's Mamalu call Mitzias. V'loy ha Yeshu Mokim Pone, b'pchinas Aver Reikni Reikni V'cholol. There was no no empty space. So this is Gashmi's dika words, but it's a concept that's completely airtight. It's like everything is filled with this Eirein Sof, Eir Elyon Poshet, Eloha Kol Hoye Mamula Mina Eirein Sof Poshet Ahu V'loy Hoye B'chinas Reish V'loy B'chinas Seif. Everything was filled with that seamless poshut. I'm translating a seamless poshut, basically the opposite of murkav. Murkav means it's made of parts. Poshut means it has no parts. It's like one seamless, one shapeless flow. And okay, so it's all the language of Eitz Chaim here. And I know it sounds like Chassidus because Chassidus takes this this language, but it's very that's what he says. Skip that. He's giving the reason that the Chaim gives. And by the line, when the Abishta did arise in his desire to create, he concealed or he concentrated all his air. And we discussed this in the discussion about Rishima, what means the Nakuda Achos. I'm not going to go into that. Nakuda Bim Tsois. With Samsima Air, Ahuvan Israchik El Zdode Svivis and Nakuda. And what happened to the air? So the Begashmis think of it like an ocean that recedes back and leaves space in the middle. So the air didn't disappear, period. It concealed from the Cholol. But the air is begili, but outside of the hull, like an ocean that's surrounding land. You know, think of like an oasis. So the air is like what's called the eagle agodel. Again, all this is not begashmi; it's just a moshe gashmi. Okay. And actually, the rachav, the famous one of the famous images of the rachav, I'll just blow it up. Is this? This is printed in Eitz Chaim. Now, whether Rashkav actually made this image or not, but he writes definitely Kazeh. So it's very possible he made some image, and maybe they copied it when they printed this. But he writes that language, Kazeh. And there's Chiris, whether that is, or maybe he made the image for the Rachav to see it. So you see, you see is like a Cholol, and you see a dot in the middle. The dot is essentially the Rishimu in the, in the context of things. But it's not negated to our discussion right now. So basically, it's a perfect circle. So it's a perfect, like, uh, if you want a hole in the bagel, if you wish, type of thing. Okay. okay I'm going to skip a few lines that are not negated to the Yonenu. I want to move to the Kav, when he introduces the Kav. Okay, all this is eagle, eagle, not Meruba. Discuss that. Um, okay. Vihine. Next paragraph. Vihine achet simsumanal. Now, after this simsum we just described, Asher oz nisha mokam achol of avir poni verekoni be emsa ere and sof mamish canal. Hine kfarho yemokam sheyuchlu liyasham hanatsolin. So now you have at least a place that potentially there's space now. Something can exist outside of pure elikus. 
And then he transmitted or he drew down from the Eden Sov that was surrounding the Cholol, Kav Echod Yoshar Mina Eir Haogul Shalei Mumaila Lamata. Kav Echod, one line, so it's no longer many lines, not, no longer many levels. One, one, one Kav, Kav Echod Yoshar, straight from the Eir Haogul Shalei, which is the surrounding Eir above it. And he makes another image, which I'll show you. And here's what I said, explained earlier in simple English. And it evolves, means it travels. And descends. Here's the next image that he makes. So now the same image before was just a hole with a dot. Here, this is, what, this is the way the famous picture in Eitz Chaim with the circle, if you could see it. It says, And you see the kav. And again, they say this is directly either from the Rachav or someone on that place that made this image. And it's been studied at length why the Kav on top is thicker and down a little lower when he says it's Kav Echot. But I'm not going to go into that right now. And this is an Eitz Chaim. You can look at every Eitz Chaim has this picture. Good. Chut Ein Sof. And you know, Kazeh. He continues. And the top part, now that the Kav we know has a top and a bottom. As you see, it's important to point out, let me just show you again. The kav, you see, does not go to the bottom. There's a space. And that is all explains why. Because if the kav would go to the bottom, then it would defeat the whole Indian of Milo Mata. Because then the Mata would be just like the Milo. So the kav goes, and it always remains attached to the top. Yes, it goes downward, but it doesn't go all the way down. For this reason, because then it would destroy the whole point. The point is that the hole should still remain a structure. So if, if think of it like uh, if uh, you, you created like a, 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 um, an oasis I mentioned. You put the water aside, you created a middle that you can live in this place. And then you need water to come into your house. So you make water to flow in a way that you can contain. But if your water starts connecting from one side of the ocean to the other, it's going to end up flooding your whole, uh, your whole area. So basically, the kav goes into the hole, but not all the way down. A minute, I lost my spot here. Okay, I'm just I'm going to read a few more lines. I just want to see all this. He says like this: The bottom of the, the end of the kav, lamata It doesn't touch edein on the bottom. Again, you have to keep be mafshit the inyonim here because it's not the gashmis. It does not touch it on the bottom. Um, and then he continues and continues like this and says, And now, in this cholol, the kav is going to create everything that exists. He spells out clearly. Hitzil. He emanates the El Matzilus, Uboro, the Yotzar, the Osa. So, Bri Yitzira, see it. Kol Ha'El Meskulam, the Kavze, Ke'ain Tsinur Dak Echod, Asherboi, Mispashed Venimshech, Mimei, Ere Elian Shalein Sof, Ela Elmas, Asherbemokama Er, Ha'avir Vachol Lahu. 
So now he adds that it's like a tzinur, which really means a pipe, a pipe or a brush. I mentioned a paintbrush or a stylus. But basically, he's clearly saying it's like a pipe, a tzinur, echot. But since, that's why now you have a reish and a safe. You have a top and a bottom, a head and a bottom. Then both sides would be the reish if the car went from top to bottom, like I mentioned. Let me just see if there's anything more we need to add here. And then he goes on and starts explaining how the kav um, is nimshech. Briefly, he says, nimshech kav yosha teich achol, loy nimshech v'nispashe teikav ad lamata. In other words, it doesn't just flow immediately down below. Omnam hoi mispashe la'at la'at. Tzena lemer, ki betchile hischil kav ha'er l'ispashe tshom. Betchilis betchile s'ispashe tusse b'seid kav nispashe v'nimshech v'nase. Okay, I'll let me explain that now. I'm going to Explain it without reading it inside. Okay. So there's the language of the Yitzchayim. It's pretty clear. What this means now in, um, in simple oasis, I said that earlier, what, what it means in practical language. But now he goes on to explain, so what does the kav do? What happens next? Fine, you have a kav. So the best example, going back to the example of Chassidus, is the example of a Rav and a Talmud. Look how a Rav teaches students. Let's start. You don't begin learning when you're 20 years old. You begin when you're a child. Like I mentioned before, you start with before that, even Aleph Beis, Aleph Beis, Gimel, etc. Later, so he explains basically that's exactly how the Kav works. The first thing is it creates the early stages of something, it's just the beginning. And then it develops further and develops greater and, and expands more and more. The next thing, that section in Eitz Chaim, he says that the Kav, the first thing the Kav is going to do is going to be Chazer and Misagel. It's going to create a circle. So I'm going to explain that now, what the next is, the next thing with the Kav. In other words, the Kav doesn't just go down, it also creates circles. And each circle continues to go down the line. So basically, if you think of it, think of it like a a pipe or a paintbrush that paints, it's a line. The line makes a circle. The line continues, makes another circle, 10 circles, and that's the 10 spheres. So what are the circles and what is the kav? So you've heard the expression, igulim v'yesher. So igulim v'yesher is the Kabbalistic terminology for makif and pnimi, or otherwise known language of chassidus, sev of kalam and mamala kalam. So this is critical now to explain. In the structure of existence, I spoke very generally before that everything has a structure and so on. But the structure, once you break it down, is more complicated than that. If you ever see how they build a house or build a building, they don't just put up walls. First, you put up foundations. Then you put up pillars. And then upon the pillars, you start connecting different uh, beams. Once you have a solid structure, then you build the what we see, the outside, the externals. Look at how the Mishkan was built. First, you need the, uh, the Yerias. Then you need the, 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 so you have now the walls. But you need the walls to be connected. So how do you connect them? You connect them with uh, the Brichim. You connect wall to wall. And then there's a Briach HaTichin. One Briach, one pillar, 
like basically that connects all the walls so it's balanced. So the truth is, as the Semach Tzedek, uh, the, my modem of the Al-Tarab explains that every building has a makif and a primi. The makif is like the walls, the primi is like the specific details of a structure. So I want to talk about that because this is vital. To put it in simple uh, terms, why everything needs a makif and primi? Because any structure, you need to have two parts to it. One is the actual details, and the one thing that keeps the details together, like I mentioned before. If you only have details and you don't have something holding them together, it will fall apart. If you only have them holding together, you don't have the details, you don't have a structure. So the makif, in a sense, holds things together. The primi is the actual details of it. Just to give a human example, we are made up of ramach, evarim, and shasagidim. If a human being, God forbid, did not have a strong spine, a chuta shadra, or other parts of you that hold you up, your whole body could be healthy, but you wouldn't be able to stand properly. In other words, you need certain things that are makif, not details like the skeleton, the spine, other parts that are the structure that keep you intact. But that's not your eyes and your ears. That's the eyes and ears are the main avarim, the one that function most importantly. But you have to have a makif dika structure before you have the details. As a matter of fact, this was the, the so-called the, the conversation between Bitzalel and Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu told them, to first build the, the kalim and then build the mishkan. And, and Batal says to Mesha that that's not the way you build a house, a structure. First you build the walls and then you bring the kalim in. Who builds a house and then you don't first bring the furniture and then start building a house around it. So Mesha told him, you're right. That's the way you should do it. That's So what was Mesha's havamin? He, he there was a, a batman. He didn't know how to build a house. Because Mesha was focusing on the kavona of the mishkan. One of the Mishkins is not the walls. It's the Oren and the Meneda and the Shulchan and the Mizbeach, etc. The Aveda, the Kavona, like Seif Maisev Machshav Etchila. Betzal was the architect. An architect, first you build the Makif, then you build, then you bring in the Pnimi. It's a beautiful Maimon in Derech Mitzvah, Binyan Migdash, where the Tzamech Tzadik explains it. But he says, the truth is, everything in Ishtalshus is like that. Makifim and Pnimim. I'll just give a few more examples just to show you how universal this is. Then I'll bring it back to the Kav. There's no area in life that you don't find this. For example, when you're learning right now, you're learning Tera. So there's always that which you understand and that which is above your head. That's, that's the Dera Halimud. You can't understand everything day one. So today you understand something. Tomorrow, and the things that are above your head you don't understand, you learn more. So you climb the ladder, so to speak, and now you understand that was yesterday you didn't understand. And then you have higher horizons that you don't understand in day two. And that's a Seder Elam. The Makif always reminds you there's something more than you are. The Pnimi reminds you what you know. Like uh, the Alter Rebbe once said, the Chassidus teaches us how small we are and how great we can become. So some people only know how great they can become. They don't know how small they are. Some people only know how small they are. They don't know how great they can become. So do you always need to look up to know how great you can become? Like It's makif. But at least it, it will cause you to aspire to something. On the other hand, you also have to have a bit premius to bring it inward. So that's why all of Ishtasos is structured like makifim and primim, or like I said, igulim and yesher, or sevev and mamala. Another, I'll give another example in mitzvahs. Every mitzvah has, it's either a makif or a primi or a combination. 
For example, sukkahs, sitting in a sukkah is a makif. The dalad minim, the lochem, the primiuschem chsidis teaches, it's connected your heart. Sitzis and, uh, and talis. Talis is a makif. You surround with the makif. And the tzitzes themselves are primi, they're chutim. Like the kav, actually, it's compared to the kav. It's actually like shmeina chutim, seven strands, eight strands, and primius. So wherever you turn, you'll always find asheket the shanah b'mitzvah tzivonu and birchas hamitzvahs is a makif. Asheket the shanah b'mitzvah is very kolosdik. La'aniach film, ala tifus talis, la'adik nea shabbos, or leisha basuka. Or Achilles Matzah. That's a primi. That's the specific mitzvah. There's, wherever you turn in Teira and Halacha and Nigla primis, you're going to find Makiv and primi everywhere. Because that's the way, um, going back to, uh, to what we said, what I said earlier, an organized structure works that way. You can't, like you climb a ladder. Today you're on one rung. You look up, you see something above you. Then you climb. What was yesterday above is today on your level. And then there's a new above. Like we say, Bechol Mo'etcha. So is more primi. And is beyond you. Your moidecha today is tomorrow can be your primi. And then there's a new moidecha. You'll see this theme very often. There's a whole maimed in the Kutatera Veschanon, with Alta Rebbe says it's about Das and Amuna. That Das is primi, Amuna is makif. But yesterday's Amunah becomes today's Das, and then Amunah is to higher levels. You know, famous story with Samach Sadiq when he was climbing the ladder, and he climbed to the top. All the other children were afraid to climb. So the Alter Rebbe asked him, why were you the only one that climbed to the top of the ladder? So he said, very portion Zayda. Because when they climbed, they kept looking down, so they saw how high they were. They were afraid to climb higher. When I was climbing, I kept looking up, so I saw how low I was. It motivated me to climb higher. It's just another example of this makif and primi. But let's bring it back now to the kav. So generally, kav, by definition, means yeshet. It means a line, a straight line. That's primi. Makif would be the eagle, the eagle hagadol that I mentioned, the oyer that receded after the tzimtzum, which remains in a makif dika way. And yet, that is all makes a point to say that the kav itself is chazer and misagel. Why? Because you need makifim also in the shtalshlus. They can't just remain beyond the shtalshlus. You need makifim everywhere. And it's the kav itself, the air of the kav. Think of the artist who also is making the eagle. And then it continues as a kav. So the kav really is be'etzim, it's a primi. But it definitely is mamshich, er makif. So all the makifim and primim of ak and atzilus and bria, of the, when you say makif of chokhmah, the makif of bina, not just the primi of Chachman Bina are all come through the Kav. However, the Sherish of Makifim is from the Igor Agodel, and the Sherish of Primi is from the Kav. That's, these are critical uh, statements, which I'm going to explain more now and may, as we go into the next week. Uh, I don't know how long I'll take to do this, whatever time we need. So the point to, to sum up what I said now is that the Kav is the place where everything plays itself out. And whatever is nimshach into ishtalshus, even things we're going to learn even higher than ishtalshus all go through the kav. Because we didn't talk about is that the kav is still attached to the eagle agodl. It's not detached. It came after a hefsik of a tzimtzum. But it's not like you see from the image, the top of the kav touches the eagle agodl means it touches eight and softly from the tzimtzum. So what does that mean? 
if it touches it, then it has ain't soft in it. On the other hand, we said it had to come after the tzimtzum. On the other hand, we know that the kav does not destroy the tzimtzum because if not, the whole purpose is defeated. The whole tzimtzum was meant to conceal. If the teacher begins teaching the student after the tzimtzum and the student gets overwhelmed, you didn't accomplish anything. So the kav definitely on one hand has to be subject to the tzimtzum, not like the reshimu, because the kav of fetish is a kav dak. It's a, like a laser beam. On the other hand, the kav is oir and is attached to its source which really tells you that it's like another mumutza between Elokus and Elimus. But now it makes sense because the Kav is not a bligvul, the Kav is a elgvul. But we'll talk about that as well. There are two opinions in Kabbalah and Alter Rebbe brings both of them in Chassidus, whether the, is, the, the Kav is Be'etzim Eir Abligvul, that just masquerades like a gvul, or is it an actual Eir gvul. But all that we'll talk about in the next uh, year. So this was uh, pretty much an overview just uh, one final word about the Mnafkamina Lapel, just like we talked about the Rishimu and the Tsimsum. Obviously, it's pretty clear. Without the Kav, you don't have an active uh, process. So, in our own lives, when we communicate with each other, communication is not just that you conceal and not just the Rishimu, but that you are actually flowing. So, basically, when you, uh, all art of communication, of uh, talking to other people, whether it's people that are your family members or people you love or strangers, is really a Kav experience, learning how to regulate the flow, how much to say, how much not to say, is all the key to a proper communication. So by learning about the Kav, we actually learn about how to have relationships that are balanced and harmonious, that don't destroy another, but also don't deprive them of the Gili. So perfectly gauged, exactly how much each person or each entity that we have to dedicate in our lives, which is also means a balanced life. That you don't give more than need and you don't take, you don't withhold more than necessary. This is always the key to every balance. Just like in a human body, if the blood is too thin or too thick, it's a problem. The blood has to be thick enough and thin enough for it to flow properly. If it's too thin, God forbid, it could hemorrhage. And if it's too thick, it can clot. So like anything in life, you need perfect gauging. And the kav is essentially the perfect gauge of how oil is nimshech. We'll learn later what happens when there's a chet, when there's, a, when there's a type of aberration or something goes wrong, what it does to the kav. But it's al derech. If you think the kav is a pipe of, uh, let's say, a flow of energy or, or blood, as long as it's flowing well, it's great. But something happens, we can create a block that the kav can be mamshech air properly, which is all part of our Aveda of tikkun and so on, which is another part of the discussion we'll talk about later. But you see from the kav, it becomes a central piece in the whole puzzle of... Um, Hishtalshlus and Aveda and really almost any area in life. Okay, we'll stop here. Call to today is Yudal Kislev. Mazel Tov Yudal Kislev. Another balanced harmony between the Rebbe and the Rebbe's. Yeah.